live from Studio 67 in Florida's Capital County. It's time to be fackish. Access granted. Good afternoon, good people of Florida. Welcome back to yet another edition of Fackish and Happy Session. Uh, you have got Jared and Sarah on the air as usual. And we are excited to talk uh, the first week of session. Uh, the legislature was already in five days this week, so they are you know, well underway and working hard on uh, passing some bills for us to, to follow. Uh, in addition to that, we had uh, you know, the governor giving his uh, state of the state address, and we had Palm Beach County in town this week uh, for Palm Beach County Day. And they had a productive couple days and showed us a good time. Uh, we are going to get underway here. We have got a uh, lot to talk about today, uh, but we are going to start by discussing our, what we're calling the Big 12 Priority Bills for this session for FAC. Uh, Sarah, you want to kick us off there? Absolutely, Jared. Thank you for that wonderful intro. So as Jared said, let's start by talking about the Big Priority Bills. And I want to note the list is fluid. You know, things are changing fast every week, every day, really. We're taking it day by day. We know there are many other bills out there of deep concern, but we wanted to share with you all what we're seeing at the moment. So we've gone into details about a couple of these, but let's take it one by one. So to start, we have HB 235, SB 350. That is the alternative mobility funding systems, the big impact fee bill. Representative Robinson and Senator Broder. Jared, if you want to explain that one a little bit. I would be happy to, Sarah. Uh, so this bill, at least the uh, initial sections, deal with impact fees for counties. Uh, now, as it stands under current statute, uh, counties have a, a prescribed schedule by which they can increase their impact fees. And the only way to go above those rates that are you know, listed in statute is by showing a, a demonstrated need study. This bill would totally do away with that, that study to demonstrate extraordinary need. So that is just taking, you know, one extra tool out of our county toolbox um, to, to deal with, you know, growth. As it stands, we are opposing this bill um, and are hopeful that we can uh, find some way to, you know, accommodate this growth with the appropriate infrastructure. Thank you, Jared. And next up, we have... Big sovereign immunity, HB 401 and SB 604. That is Representative Beltran and Senator Gruters. I know we talked about this bill last week on the podcast, but again, this waives sovereign immunity for tort claims brought against the state. It's raising those caps up. It's increasing them. There was an amendment passed last week. Beltran had um, unlimited caps for sovereign immunity, but there was an amendment that brought it to about 2.5 million per person and increased the per incident claim to 5 million. And remember on the Senate side, the caps are at 400 per thousand per person and 600,000 per incident. So there are some differences with both bills. We haven't seen it move in the Senate yet. It's waiting its second committee stop in the House, but we are closely watching that one and on top of it. So next up we have SB 102 and HB 627 housing. 
Jared, if you want to take that one. Yes, ma'am. We have touched on this one a couple times already. Uh, this is a priority bill for Senate President Kathleen Pasadomo, and the Senate side has really fast-tracked this thing. Uh, it actually passed uh, all its committees in the Senate and uh, on the floor this week. Uh, so the House is playing catch-up a little bit. Uh, that is Representative Busada Cabrera's uh, bill that she is carrying. And it passed its first committee this past week. Uh, just a quick recap of you know what you can find in the package is unprecedented funding for the ship and sail programs, as well as some great uh, local flexibility for a, a local option tax exemption for affordable housing. Uh, a couple committee substitutes on either side amended that section to allow counties to revoke or deny that affordable housing tax exemption on the basis of repeated building code violations. Uh, in other words, you know, counties didn't want to be rewarding uh, poor behavior by by landlords. Thank you, Jared. And next up, we have another Jared bill. That is SB 120, SB 122, HB 469, and HB 471. That is the Homestead Assessment Save Our Homes revision. Yep, I am staying busy, Sarah. Uh, this would change. This actually would send this to the voters um, to potentially change it. It would take a 60% uh, majority by the electorate um, to put this into our Constitution. What it would do if it were to pass um, both the legislature and on the ballot would be to revise the Save Our Homes assessment cap from the lesser of 3% or CPI to the lesser of 2% or CPI. Uh, so essentially... You know, year over year, once a uh, once a home is valued for its market value, it can only increase by that amount maximum per year after that on the property tax bill. It is important to note that in years where that cap is binding, there would be a potential for lost local revenue. Okay, and next up we have SB 170 by Senator Trumbull and HB 1515 by Representative Brackett. That is the local ordinances bill. That bill was actually passed off the Senate floor this week. I wanted to note that. And the House version was filed this week in reference to committees, but has not been heard. And you'll recall the local ordinance bill essentially allows civil action challenges to ordinances on grounds that they are arbitrary or unreasonable reasonable and that also allows the courts to award attorney's fees and costs to the prevailing complainant complainant um, an award of attorney fees or costs and damages cannot exceed fifty thousand dollars and cost to the prevailing plaintiff and this bill also requires a board of county commissioners to prepare a business impact statement before the adoption of certain ordinances of course there are some exemptions to those ordinances that you can read about in our legislative bulletin or listen to our podcast from last week but remember this bill was substantially the same as SB 280 uh, local ordinances that failed last session. So we are seeing that one again, and it is moving. And next up, we have HB 671, SB 682, HB 785. This is a fun one, That's Sarah. a mouthful. <laughs> uh, that is residential building permits and the building permit applications to local governments. The sponsors are Rep. Esposito, Senator DeSigli, and Representative Roth. And essentially with these bills, they drastically reduce the current timeframes for the building permit process. And there's a lot of things they do. They 
There's quite a bit, um, but you can, you know, read about that on our bill tracker and online. There's just a lot of new requirements, a lot of time frame adjustments. So check that one out. And next up, we have SB 714 and HB 833, Vacation Rentals, by Senator DeSigley and Representative Duggan. Obviously, we've seen vacation rentals about every single year. So, Jared, if you want to take that one. Yep, this is definitely a a familiar face, Sarah. So this one was actually supposed to be up in uh, Senate-regulated industries this week. It got TP'd. Uh, So we will be looking out for that again next week. I believe it is already on the agenda again for Monday or Tuesday. Tuesday, I think, the 14th. All right, and next up, we got a big one for us. We got a pretty bad preemption out there. That is HB 1197 and SB 1240 called Land and Water Management by Representative Maggard and Senator Burgess. So... These bills would preempt counties and municipalities from the regulation of water quality, water quantity, pollution control, discharge prevention, and wetlands to the state. So it's basically taking away a lot of our local control dealing with water. And this is a big problem for us, as you all know, down there. And it directly conflicts with Governor DeSantis's executive order that he put out this year on state and local coordination of our water systems and regulation. So there's a lot of things that this bill does. This will come up in our legislative day next week. We're going to be talking a lot about it. And we are uh, concerned for sure about this one. Yes. Uh, One last thing. It is important to note that it uh, does not apply to uh, county regulation of its wastewater or stormwater systems, uh, but obviously still a pretty significant threat to county water authority nonetheless. Exactly, Jared. And next up, we have SB 250, Natural Emergencies by Senator Martin. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, Senate Bill 250, Natural Emergencies, does not yet have a House companion, nor has it moved through a single committee yet. Uh, But we are keeping a a close eye on this one nonetheless. because it obviously is of pretty significant interest to us, especially in the wake of, you know, a handful of natural disasters um, that hit our state last year. So we will be keeping a close eye on this one. Uh, It deals a little with county and municipality authority to prohibit the placement of temporary shelters um, on certain properties within their jurisdiction. Yeah, thank you, Jared. Very important. So next up, we have SB 346 and HB 383, the public works bills by Senator DeSigley and Representative Griffiths. You'll recall I talked about that on last week's podcast. It essentially revises the definition of public works projects for certain governmental actions. It removes that $1 million in value requirement and prohibits the application of local preferences to smaller work projects and all around preempts all local preferences in competitively procured public construction projects. So uh, definitely a big concern for our local communities and our small businesses. This has already been passed in its first House committee, and it was actually referenced to three House committees, but it was one of those committees was removed. So it now only has one House committee left, House State Affairs Committee, and the Senate version, SB 346, has currently not been heard in any of its three committees. So again, we are closely on this one. Next, we have... 
SB 798 and HB 975 Solid Waste Management by Senator Ingolia and Representative Holcomb, this bill prohibits counties and municipalities from prohibiting or unreasonably restraining private entities from providing solid waste management services within the local government's jurisdiction. So again, another preemption there. Neither of those bills have been heard. And just a a point of clarification, this deals very specifically with the commercial side of uh, solid waste management uh, among the counties. Uh, Essentially, any county that has an exclusive franchise agreement in place, this bill threatens that. Uh, it, It threatens to sunset any exclusive agreement at the end of its current contract. Thank you, Jared. And next up, a really big one for us, and that is local occupational licensing. And right now there's about four bills out there. And you'll recall two years ago in the 2021 session, um, they voted on prohibiting local governments from issue local occupational licensing. So they're back this year trying to, attempting to give local government some of these licensing They're back now trying to give local government some of these licensing authorities back. So there's four bills, starting with SB 1570 by Senator Hooper. Senator Hooper has, I believe, a a little over 20 job scopes that local governments can require to get a local occupational license. There is... HB 1625 by Representative Mooney, which I believe has a little over 30 job scopes that local governments can require. There is SB 1584 by Senator Perry, which I think has 11 job scopes that local governments can um, require a special license for. And then we have HB 1383 specialty contractors, which is by Representative Triple C. And that one essentially allows the Construction Industry Licensing Board at the state level to establish certified specialty contractor categories for volunteering licensures of a few specialty license, about 10 as well. So, you know, we're closely watching all four of those bills. We definitely are not on the same page. Yes, they're all over the place. Um, There's definitely some differences to work out. And, you know, we are working with a lot of stakeholders on that issue. And hopefully we can bring back, um, you know, special licensing requirements to the local level. So we are working hard on that one this year and we'll keep you all updated as progress is made. And those are our big bill issues and again this does not mean that there aren't other you know deep concerns of over other bills out there but these are the ones that we're currently on right now all right so that wraps up our big priority bills we're going to jump into everything that happened this week and boy was it a busy week i can't believe it's the first week of session it was a little crazy down here in or up here, I guess, in Tallahassee. So let's start out with a bill that was actually heard this morning, Friday morning, HB 439, Land Use and Development Regulations by Representative McLean. So this bill passed favorably in committee this 
morning. And essentially, this bill is trying to address rapid population growth in Florida, especially to these urban areas. And developers want local governments up to date on their comprehensive plans, you know, coupled with all of this growth and the you know, intense housing needs in Florida. However, there are a few problems with this bill that we are concerned about. Um, so one, this bill makes several changes to comprehensive planning. It revises definition and data sources that are already in place, um, including the definition of urban service area and urban sprawl. One of the biggest issues with this bill is it removes the levels of service from being the basis of denial, in turn, eliminating concurrency and undermining the planning process, which is very important to us on the local level. Additionally, it increases the length of required planning periods from a 10-year period and a 20-year period and revises the comprehensive plan evaluation and appraisal process. It also requires land development regulations adopted by local government to establish minimum lot sizes consistent with the maximum density authorized by comprehensive plans. And it also prohibits a local government from requiring building design elements for certain residential structures in these plan unit developments, these master plan communities or communities with design boards or architectural review um, boards. So we oppose the bill in committee today and the sponsor, Representative McLean, has promised to continue to work with stakeholders on the bill. The Senate version, which is SB 1604, currently has not been heard, but this bill is definitely something that we are concerned about. Thank you, Sarah. Moving on, uh, we have our first preemption of the week. This was heard by both chambers on Tuesday. It is House Bill 415 and Senate Bill 752. The House version is being carried by freshman Representative Porras, uh, while the Senate side has Senator Claudiude uh, sponsoring that bill. Um, it was passed from both uh, House State Administration and Tech Appropriations Sub on Tuesday, uh, while Senate Regulated Industries um, passed the Senate version. The bill in question has one section preempting counties from regulating the licensure, registration, permitting, and fees associated with associated with temporary commercial kitchens. Uh, and I had to actually look into what that was myself. It is defined within the language of the bill, thankfully. Um, but they're popularly known as ghost kitchens. Uh, a lot of them involve, you know, shared kitchen space by, you know, multiple different entities at once. Um, but this would preempt counties from significant regulation with these kitchens. All right, and then to address some bills that were in our water and environmental sustainability this week, starting out with our wastewater grant. So SB 458 by Senator Rodriguez and HB 827 by, by Representative Basabe passed unanimously in both committees. The bills expand the wastewater grant program to include funding for projects intended to restore a water body or water body segment listed as impaired. So it authorizes the Florida Department of Environmental Protection to provide these wastewater grants to these um, specific programs. FAC supported both bills and committees, and this bill directly addresses the governor's executive order to work with the legislature to expand the existing wastewater grant program. So we are fully in support of that bill. And then next up was SB 506, Comprehensive Waste Reduction and Recycling Plan by Representative Stewart. 
This bill requires the Florida Department of Environmental Protection to develop a comprehensive waste reduction and recycling plan for the state by a specified date. Um, in that plan, they must identify recycling goals based on sustainable material management and waste division, include a three-year plan to Im- implement the following strategies. And the bill directs the Department of Environmental Protection to provide a report to the President of the Senate and the Speaker of the House once complete. We supported that bill in committee. And there was many other bills that we supported in committee, including a legislation amending the PACE law, as well as some um, food initiative and food recovery um, bills. It is nice when we get to support bills, isn't it, Sarah? (laughs) It is. Feels good. Not all doom and gloom out there. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to do it. Well, we had a busy week in the administration space. Uh, First and foremost, we had a new public records exemption bill uh, coming through committees on both sides. Uh, This this public records exemption would apply to county attorneys as well as deputy and assistant county attorneys. And this was also within FACS legislative action plan for this session. We also saw the county commissioner recall bill move to its last House committee. Uh, FAC has been publicly opposing this one. It is pretty self-explanatory. It would allow for the recall of county commissioners by the legislature for any non-charter county. And last but not least, the House Commerce Committee passed a bill governing how state and local investment funds uh, can be managed. Specifically, the bill dictates that investment decisions be made purely on pecuniary factors, Um, In other words, it can only be based on its performance. So it expressly precludes social, political, and ideological interests from being considered when making those investments with state or local funds. Thank you, Jared. Well, that sounds like a wrap on this week's bills. We had a lot hit in the fan this week, but we are looking forward to what's to come. So... Because we enjoyed Palm Beach County so much this week, we are all so excited to see everyone at FACS Legislative Day, which begins this Wednesday coming up, March 15th. And remember, this is a crucial time to have everyone up here. It's an opportunity to show your legislators the importance of protecting and preserving home rule and fighting some of these preemptions that continue to be filed and that are out there. We are, you know, excited to have um, a list of great speakers up and a reception at the Governor's Club to follow. Additionally, there is a Cyber Florida briefing going on on that Wednesday as well that you can register for. That's an online thing. It's in our legislative bulletin if you're interested. Additionally, Eric and Becky, our ICG Foundation folks, will be taking a field trip on March 16th and 17th. So that is Thursday and Friday. It's a growth management workshop and environmental field trip in Leon County to Tall Timbers Research Station and Land Land Conservancy. (laughs) 
There is a fee for this session. If you're interested in attending, you will earn six hours of core credit and elective credit for the CCGCGE programs by yeah, get to burn stuff. attending. But yeah, we even heard that there will be some burning going on down at Tall Timber. So if you're interested, you can also register in our Ledge Bulletin on our website or reach out to Eric or Becky. A couple other bigger announcements. Uh, the Florida Department of Emergency Management put out a memorandum that extended the Hurricane Ian emergency work deadline for Category A debris removal and Category B emergency protective measure measures work for three months to June 29th, 2023. For emergency work that will take place after the deadline, applicants will need to request a time extension at um, their a specific website for that. So all of that is also in our legislative bulletin if you haven't seen the news regarding that extension. And then lastly, NACO announced this week that they are taking applications for the presidential leadership and committee appointments. So if you are interested in becoming more involved in NACO and you're interested in becoming more involved on the federal level and fighting for your community up in D.C., please see the committee assignments and the application. That is also in our ledge Slated bulletin. There is an application for that, and it is due on April 30th, 2023, by 11:59. So check out Nico's website for all the details on that. But I think that's a wrap on all my news for the week. I'm excited to see everybody next week. Now remind me, Sarah, is it the critic who counts? It is not the critic who counts, not the person who points out how the strong person stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the person who is actually in the arena. And on that note, we'll see you in the arena up here in Tallahassee next week. That was Sarah channeling her best Teddy Roosevelt. Davin, I did my <laughs> research. This has been Fackish with Jared and Sarah, and we will see you guys again next week. See you soon. Signing off.